Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. Just leaning into the jokes over there, Matthew. Always. That's what I do. I'm a, I, I believe, there's a famous book called Lean In, right? And it's literally, yeah, it's, it's, called, it's called Lean In, and it's about how at the workplace – you really should just keep hammering home bad jokes. Really? Literally, that's the entire premise of the jo- book. Just go, trust me on this. If you go look, we're, we're, uh, the book Lean In, it's entirely about that. Is this Dostoevsky? Tolstoy? I don't believe it is. No. I don't believe it is. But, um, hey, if you're watching this, and I include you two animals in this, if you are watching this show, it means you have something to play for in week 15. Well done. Playoff well managers. Well done. If you're listening to this, if you're watching this, it means you have something to play for in week 15. Or so you're as just a result, sicko. Or you're just a sicko. You're just a crazy Matthew Berry fan. Hi, Mom. But uh, what I would say here is that for the 99.9% of you, it means you're a playoff fantasy manager, and you drink for free at the happy hour today. It has been a long, windy, tumultuous road to get here and you're playing for something, congratulations. And that congratulations, by the way, isn't just everyone watching, but also the three of us. We all made it. We all made it to the playoffs in our show league. Now, to be fair, my team is trash, and it (laughs) snuck in uh, very much... uh, what was the year that Carson Palmer got hurt in the Cardinals and it was like oh, Ryan Lindley in the yeah. playoffs? I'm Ryan Lindley. I'm yeah. Ryan Lindley. There you go. So anyway, so here are our, uh, our playoff matchups. It's a 12-team league, super flex league. As you can see, I do, in fact, have the number one seed and the bye with my team live at noon on the cock. And how? shout out to Dev, who during the draft we could not understand, literally went round after round after round after round without drafting a wide receiver. He literally has Michael Pittman and Rasheed Rice. That's his only two wide receivers, but they've stayed healthy and productive all year long. He winds up with the number two um, uh, spot there. Connor, you come in at, uh, let's see, backup producer Pete, no way Monfrey, is uh, in third place. Uh, Connor, you come in at four as Fantasy Life commenter. Uh, Big matchups. Obviously, Pete produces the Tuesday show. Uh, Pete will square off against Jay in the quarterfinal, and I will square off against none other than Penn State Blake. Who? Yeah. Yeah. um, So, that's true. Backup producer Pete is our defending champ who won on a technicality, but whatever. It's it's fine. You know, we have our own Astros in the league, (laughs) and the fact here is, is that, you know, whether it was... Other producer, uh, Adam, main producer, Steven, uh, Dan in Mexico, our graphics guy. <laughs> yeah, the casualties of yeah, this league. Yeah, the casualties Michael of Michael Smith. League. Michael Smith. Produ- yeah, Michael Smith. Lawrence. Lawrence. <laughs> Last place, Lawrence. <laughs> Lord don't lose. Lord yeah. does lose. Yes. Lord, <laughs> Lord, Lord in fact lost this yeah. one. Yeah. At Lord does lose. Uh, Lawrence Jackson. Jackson in uh, in last place. Producer Damien. Tough year for him in this one as well. Um, who else am I forgetting? Steven, Adam. I think you covered Did I cover most the whole of it. T- anyway, 12-team yeah. league. Uh, and uh, six of us remain, including the three here at the table, which is good because I have been – I don't want to throw anyone under the, ta- under the bus unless they work here on the show. Um, uh, it's okay. The, the NBC Comcast work, uh, Respect in the Workplace conference call isn't until 2 o'clock. Yes. Um, that is true, by the way, and I will be there. Uh, but I haven't learned yet Respect in the Workplace, so it's okay to throw like Penn State Blake under the bus. But what I'll say is, is like my old job 
we would do shows. I would do, you know, I would do podcasts. I would do Sunday shows. And not everyone on those shows would make the playoffs in our show leagues every year. And so we always had to dance around it a little bit. So well, it's nice that, you We know, experienced this last year where we had I to have dance no around you, you missing yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, me and Connor were firmly in the playoffs. Ooh, that's right. My team was a juggernaut last year. I had McCaffrey and the Niners at the end. Uh, this year, it's, it's not great. Brutal injuries I, I need me, to get rid uh, of this super flex thing because all my quarterbacks it's are. A, I'm starting Mitch Trubisky yeah. in the playoffs. I'm yeah. just going to have to start Elijah Moore in my super flex. Yeah. It's very grim. So, um, I don't know who it is in our league that has Justin Herbert, but whoever oh, it is. Is it you? Yes. Well, Jay, I have bad lose. news because I literally <laughs> just got an alert from the Fantasy Life app. Uh, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert is out for the season following surgery to repair his broken index finger on his right hand per me. And Mike Garofolo, Easton Stick, steps in for the rest of 2023. Coach Brandon Staley said they would do what's best for him, best for him long term. This is it, and that is from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. So uh, NFL Network reporting Herbert out for the year for Fantastic. the Chargers and for uh, can't guard Mike. To be fair, uh, I'm going to lose this week, so the next three weeks don't really matter for me, but uh, that's tough news for Justin Herbert. Not wholly unexpected, but uh, yeah, go pick up Easton Stick if you can. Yeah. Listen, for all well, you playoff fa- uh, managers out there, we are going to do waivers today. Mm. So we're getting away from the stash because now it's must win, so it'll be a little bit of a different waiver format yeah. today. So we'll get there in just a moment, Matthew, but uh, you sounded excited for something else. Oh, yeah. just I'm just excited about the fact that yes, I'm in first place in yes. our league with, with a bye week. Bye, with you a can bye kick week. your feet out. You don't have to be here today. It's a rest. It's a rest week for um, for yeah, all load my guys. management. Load what management is what it. it is. It's like, and I just hope that I don't. Um, I, yeah, I just hope no one gets injured. Uh, I ended up making. I ended up making the people care. People care about this. I ended up making the playoffs. I'm in 17 leagues. I ended up making the playoffs in every single one of them except one. The one that I was texting you. The ones that I've been pl- complaining about for the last three weeks. Yeah. I needed a big game from Tajay Spears last night. To uh, this is a team that I'm. I'm. It's a 12-team Superflex league as well. I lost Mark Andrews and Anthony Richardson in this league. I'm still third in total points, but I was first in points against. Six teams make the playoffs in this 12-team league. Oh, this was the de facto playoff. The de facto, this week. and, and like so I played. The way the Cowboys schedule worked is I was playing the the guy that had the most points in the league. It just has a monster team, this guy, John. And uh, in essence, we had the same record, though. We both had had some bad scheduling luck. And so it was sort of win and get in. And so I ended up beating him. That last drive, we'll talk about the Titans game, but I had Tajay Spears. That last drive, basically, I ended up vaulting over him. But what ended up happening is because Mostert had two touchdowns and had this crazy game, um, a team that was supposed to win didn't. And I still ended up, even though I have more points than this guy and a better record, there was another team that... I, wind, I, I lose on another tiebreaker. I lose on literally the third tiebreaker in this league. And so I'm on the outside looking in. Third That's most okay. points. Sixth and uh, seventh. You'll take that. Yeah, could, it's not bad. Ultimately, uh, ultimately finished seventh with an asterisk in that league. But what are you going to do? Um, but anyway, just so yeah, yeah sixth out of 17, it's pretty good year. Pretty good year. Uh, very happy about that. And we will get into the thrilling Monday Night Football games in just a moment, but let's jump into waivers first, and we're going to start with the running backs here on Waiver Wired, and we'll start with the Bears starting running back, Deontay Foreman, at the Browns. Obviously a tough matchup available in 62% of leagues. He's got Arizona after Cleveland. He's coming off a week, Matthew, where he gets 11 carries for 50 yards. He also catches two passes on three targets. But as we said earlier, it's just good to know who the guy is in this backfield. For a long time for the season, we've gotten no clarity on this Bears backfield because just people have been in and out, you know. And, and so this was the first game I felt like where, listen, all three guys are healthy. The offense under Justin Fields is rolling the way they want. They're coming off of a win. 
Foreman is, is back healthy. They've got Herbert and Roshan Johnson. All three guys have played this year at various times. The coaching staff knows what they have with all three guys. And then Deontay Foreman goes out, gets 56% of the snaps. He gets 11, uh, 11 rushing attempts and two receptions. So 13 touches compared with four combined for the other two guys. So three to one touches compared with the other two guys. Uh, so it is clear that Deontay Foreman is your Bears starting running back when all three guys are healthy. He's had five games this year with at least 13 touches. He's averaging over 15 fantasy points per game in those games. And now he gets the Cleveland Browns, who prior to week 14, they were allowing 5.1 yards per carry for the previous three games. So it's not a great matchup, but beggars can't be choosers. And I'm just telling you, if there's a running back on the waiver wire in week 15 – that's going to get 15 touches um, on a reasonably productive offense, that's somebody you want to go get. And so Deontay Foreman, my number one pick this week. Yeah, and the Cleveland defense is a monster overall, but against the run, to your point about the 5.1 yards per carry, since week seven, in terms of rushing defense efficiency, they're 21st in the NFL. And just in terms of their overall defense, Chicago's had a better defense than Cleveland since week seven. So even though this is a tough matchup, I think we're a little biased just because of how well Cleveland started the season. Think back to that game against Pittsburgh in like week two, where the rushing defense was just an absolute monster. Hasn't really been that unit for a while. So this is a team that you can run on at the moment. Yeah, Foreman's available in 62% of Yahoo leagues. Our threshold has been, is for this week, is for 40%. Just because, again, we have, we have less teams candidly paying attention at this point so you know and um uh so we're just trying to give you guys all the names of everyone that is out there still playing and uh looking for a playoff victory but foreman is out there in over 62 percent of leagues because i think people were like well he was dropped he was injured and then they had the bye and then who knows if he's the guy and then they come back and oh yep he is the guy and so uh you know there you go deontay foreman number one now, the storyline of this week is that a lot of backfields have injury question marks. We don't, it's early in the week. We don't know the yeah, status of a lot of different starters. But let's take a look at the Week 15 injury contingent running back waiver targets. And what we mean by this is you look at Minnesota as we see Ty Chandler at the top, Matthew Alexander, Madison injures the ankle. So, obviously, if Madison is down, Chandler would be your top guy out of this group. Brian Robinson is dealing with an injury with Washington. We know Kansas City had to lean on Clyde Edwards-Elair last week. And then Josh Jacobs left the game uh, last week for the Raiders, meaning Zamir White could be in play as well. Yeah, against the Chargers on Thursday night. That's a short week as well. What we decided to do, because it's Tuesday at noon on the cock, and we decided to basically say, like, okay, let's, let's assume – the starting running backs on all those teams are out once again. That uh, that uh, Alexander Madison's out. That Brian Robinson's out. That Josh Jacobs is out. That Isaiah Pacheco is out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. And so, if all, if we knew all of them were out, how would we rank them? And that's how we've ranked them. But the truth of the matter is, is that we just don't know. So obviously, if Isaiah Pacheco were in fact back, but Josh Jacobs isn't playing on Thursday, you'd prefer Zamir Wright White to uh, Clyde edwards elaire or Jarek McKinnon. That's how we've ranked them as well. It's worth noting, I'll just say this. There's literally no motivation for the Raiders to bring back Josh Jacobs. You know what I mean? Like, this, it's a lost season. It's a short week. Josh Jacobs is one of the toughest guys out there, wants to play. And, um, you know, contract situation may impact his, his thought process. Who knows? But uh, it just feels like, whereas with Minnesota, they probably need Madison back. Brian Robinson, I mean... 
he's got a hammy, but you know, it's yeah. it's not like he's been shot, which he's also come back from. So, um, you know, that's a guy that obviously wants to get out there uh, as well. Uh, if if Brian Robinson can't go, it would be be Antonio Gibson and Chris Rodriguez against the Rams on Sunday. Yeah, and I think with. Uh Josh Jacobs, he did play through injury at the end of last year, which was a meaningless season, but he was chasing the rushing title. And yes. I think he kind of pushed it to get that, whereas this year uh, he's not chasing In the rushing title. Year. Contract year. Now it's so another contract yeah, year, but yeah. still. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be as incentivized to push it. With Ty Chandler, it's an interesting one because that whole offense is just in flux, but it's such a favorable matchup against Cincinnati, who have just struggled against the run all season. Now, they were a bit better last week against Zach Moss, but Brain Smith was out. Colts were a bit banged up, uh, but he is probably the one who is most interesting, just because there's no one else there. All right, and also, by the way, I think he's better than Alexander Madison. I think that even if Alexander Madison is healthy, Ty Chandler still has a role. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we have him at two. He still has a role. I, I mean, like he's had at least three receptions in two of the past three games. To your point, they're looking at this entire offense. What can we do to shake things up? Chandler has given them a burst when he's gotten an opportunity as well. And so if Madison is out or even if he's less than 100%, I think Chandler still has a role. Even if Madison is 100%, uh, you know, y- y- you see it there. 56% of the snaps with Ty Chandler. He got uh, he got 83% after Madison left with that ankle injury. But still, prior to Madison leaving, they were both playing. Uh, Ty Chandler gets some involvement as well. Whereas, like, somebody like CEH, if Pacheco's back, CEH isn't seeing the field. McKinnon would have more of a role there. He did outscore McKinnon, by the way, outscored CEH in Week 14. He's had now double-digit fantasy points in two of the past three. We saw this last year down the stretch. They like him. Uh, he's very efficient. He doesn't get a ton of touches, but they like him in two minutes. They like him in passing situations. They, they're they not scared to use him at the goal line. So, I mean, McKinnon becomes kind of interesting. It's He's just a more of a tightrope guy because, again, he's going to get like six to eight touches, and he needs to score on one of them to really pay off. But given the Chiefs don't have a lot of other guys that can score, like it's, you know, better chances than not. Yep. And also with uh, Ty Chandler, you know who the other guy who was getting work when Alexander Madison went down? It's the great CJ Ham. Uh, oh. who is not going to get 15 carries in a game. So I think that'll be very much Ty Chandler's backfield. Mm. Let's recap Barry's Week 15 top running back waiver targets. Deontay Foreman, who we started with, he's available in 62% of leagues. He's at the top, followed by Ty Chandler, who we think can get some work, even if Madison does play through the ankle injury, followed by Antonio Gibson, Clyde edwards Lair, Zamir White. Keep in mind, all of these guys are injury contingent. Tajay Spears... Chase Brown and Rico Dowdle, who, Matthew, those last three, and we've seen them finally get some work. Dowdle and Brown look like an actual thing in their backfields, and Spears has been because of his pass-catching ability. Spears had a monster game last night. We'll talk about that a little bit more coming up as well. But again, we've talked about this in terms of roster construction. Uh, I would rather, if I had Tony Pollard, if I had Joe Mixon, if I had Derrick Henry and I was heading to the playoffs, I would rather those guys, I would rather the backup than saying, like, well, what about Foreman or Antonio Gibson? Because there's a chance that if something were to happen to Henry, at least you know, okay, I've got the starting running back of the Titans as opposed to, like, well, I sure hope Brian Robinson stays out so I can use Antonio Gibson again or that, you know, Ty Chandler gets more work than, you know, the one exception might be Foreman, but still, you know, I, the, the, the Bengals, the Cowboys, and the Bengals and Cowboys specifically are, are better offenses than the, than the Bears. You'd rather just have make sure you've solidified that starting running back for those offenses 
Uh, but so that's what I, I think it's important it under, to understand your needs as you head into uh, waivers tonight in terms of the playoffs. Are you trying to fortify an open hole or are you just like, hey, let me just make sure that no matter what happens during this playoff run, I'm set. Jay, I thought Chase Brown looked really good finally involved in the Cincinnati offense. Just a different gear than what they've had coming out of that backfield with Mixon. He looked fantastic, and he really broke the game open for them. Kind of shades of when Jalen Warren comes into a game, when Keaton Mitchell right. comes into the game initially. Just an extra burst in an offense that the Jake Browning is fascinating to me. Because he's looked fantastic the past two weeks, but... It's all been yak. Like, his average depth of target is 5.6 yards, which is by far the lowest in the NFL. I think the next lowest is Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's at like 6.4. So it is all yak. It's all short stuff. It's all screens, and Chase Brown can take advantage of that. He's averaging 10 touches per game over the last two weeks. It's clear that, like, you know, they were dancing. Chris Evans, Chase Brown. Like, you know, they were just kind of dancing around this. Travion Williams got a little bit of run. But Chase Brown is clearly the guy in uh, Cincinnati behind Joe Mixon under this new-look Jake Browning offense. How real do you think Jake Browning is? I think he's a competent backup because yeah. he's accurate and he's calm. And Zach Taylor actually knows how to scheme up an offense that's backup quarterback friendly. Do you think so? His he really he was terrible against the Steelers, frankly, uh, and Tough then spot. the past two games against Jacksonville and the Colts, neither who have great defenses. He was fantastic. Now he gets this Vikings defense, which shouldn't be good, but is really good because I think Brian Flores and all the confusing coverages and zone blitzes and everything, do you think he'll struggle with that? I don't because I think the way you beat the blitz is by getting the ball out in the short game. Yeah. That's exactly what he does. So yeah. it's, it's weird to think that about a backup quarterback that has some limitations, but his strengths play against but, what Flores is trying to do. Was it, I, and I may get this dead wrong, but wasn't he a four-year starter at Washington? Yeah. So he's a four-year starter at Washington, and he's been in Cincinnati at least three seasons, Yeah, he's right? had time to be in that room. So the, I, mean, I guess my point is, is like, he's not your typical not. backup in the sense that, like, you know, I mean, like, he's probably played, he's probably played more NFL, he's probably played more total football between college and the pros than, like, Mitch Trubisky has. I, like, I, like, off the top of my head. Right. I could be wrong on that, but, like, Trubisky played, experience. like, 13, played right. only 13 games in North Carolina, and then, like, he's been in and out. Like, I, but you understand, know like, I mean... Yeah. And whether I get that right or wrong, the point is is that I think Browning is probably more ready for this moment than other backups might be. He's very decisive. We'll yep. say that. He never looks unsure. Yep. He just hits his right. Yeah, coaches want backups that just do what they're told to do, yep. and that's the Jake Browning experience. And, and I'll just say this. When, when you asked him, and Connor was just like, he's a competent backup, I like that you look directly at Jay when you said that. Thank you very much. <laughs> he asked the question. I he gave the, the question, answer. But you look right at Jay. There are lots of similarities between me and Jake Brown. You are very calm. You've no, been no. in the system for a while. Yeah, yeah. Matthew's out today. I Fire up Jay. They will do yeah, whatever no. we tell them to do. 100%. I love, I love Yak. Yeah. Big Yak guy. Big Yak guy. Well, speaking of that, waiver wire ago, wide receivers. Free game. Came in as the host. Michael yeah. was out sick. Something compared me to Jake Brown. Yeah, yeah. it was a Browning-esque performance. Multi, multifaceted. A lot of multi-faceted. jobs. Multifaceted. Remind me, re- remind me to um, uh, get you a, a box for all your family to uh, watch you host next time. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm no, going to do, do that. that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Wide receivers. We're starting with Odell Beckham, who we've been talking about the last couple of weeks simply because he looks like vintage Odell Beckham. In Jay's words, it looks like he has a Giants jersey on out there. Available in 58% of leagues. He's got Jacksonville here on Sunday Night Football. Week 14 against the Rams. 10 targets. Only caught four of them, but it doesn't matter because he went for 97 yards and made that great adjustment down the field, Jay. Uh, Beckham just, he looks healthy finally, and there's a real connection here with Lamar. He does. There's a little concern about the shoulder injury against Cincinnati a few weeks ago, but that seems to have been dispelled. I think the key here is that 
Lamar Jackson's just chucking it down the field. Like, he's yeah. launching it. Uh, average depth of target over 12 yards against the Rams. Now he gets a very favorable matchup against the Jacksonville defense that has been shredded by Jake Browning and Joe Flacco, and now it's Lamar Jackson coming into town. So uh, I think Odell should be rostered everywhere. To your point, over the last four weeks, the Jags will have the second most yards per game, two wide receivers. And since week nine, Odell Beckham Jr. is averaging 13 and a half fantasy points per game. Uh, he's... You know, he's had at least uh, at least five receptions of 20 or more yards in each of his last three games. To your point about them chucking it down the field, like those are some stats that back up exactly what you're saying here. Lamar looks great, and clearly, you know, in a game in which they needed to, you know, it was the first game all season the Ravens were down in the third quarter, right after the third quarter, like they were throwing and like it was kind of, I don't want to say seasons on the line, but like it was an important game yeah. for the Ravens to win, and they kept looking for OBJ. Ten targets last week. That's a season high for him, so he's our number one wide receiver pickup if he's out there in your league. Yep. All right, let's look at Barry's Week 15 top wide receiver wa- waiver targets, including Odell Beckham at the top, of course, but followed by Josh Downs, Curtis Samuel, Zay Jones, Joshua Palmer, who we'll spend more time on in just one second, Jonathan Mingo, who is just the staple of the show at this point, Wondell Robinson, who looked really good last night, Cedric Wilson. Barry, I want to get to Joshua Palmer because he's been on IR. He was estimated to have a full practice on Monday after he's missed the last six games with the knee injury. The good news is he's got Vegas. The bad news is it's a short week and it's going to be the Easton Stick experience. Yeah, but they're going to sh- they're, like the Raiders actually have uh, a pretty good run defense. Over the last month, the Raiders are a top ten run defense, right? And so Eckler, I know he was a little bit better last week, but it's been a tough run here for Eckler during this season. And I don't think he's one hundred percent healthy, Austin Eckler. Just from what I I don't know anything. I'm just saying, like it just. From the eye test, he doesn't look like the Austin Eckler we've seen uh, previously. So I think they're going to have to let Easton Stick sling it a little bit. Uh, And so Josh Palmer, who in his four healthy games prior to injury, was averaging 13.4 fantasy points per game. Really, no one has emerged other than Keenan Allen. Like, I know Quentin Johnson got the one big play last week, but really it's kind of been mix and match and hope. And, you know, there hasn't been a lot of consistency outside of Keenan Allen in that passing attack for the Chargers. So I could think Josh, Josh Palmer, who's a veteran, who's been in that system for a while, could suddenly see a decent amount of uh, volume here. He's a talented player, too. Yep. There's just no other human beings on this team. Right. Like, it's just uh, necessity is the mother of invention here. And look, Keenan Allen's on pace to break the Chargers' all-time receptions record, and that's kind of a reflection. Oh, he already has broken it this season, so, so it's insane. Like, and I'm just throwing this out there. So Keenan Allen, one of the toughest dudes in the NFL, no doubt, but he's, he's, he said he's playing with an AC okay. joint sprain, right? And I think he has a heel. Something, lots going on. If they're shutting down Justin Herbert for the year, yeah. and it's clear the Chargers aren't making playoffs. I know they haven't met math, mathematically eliminated, right. but, like, they're out. They're out, yeah. right? And I the mean, staff like, won't be back. The, right? I mean, exactly. I mean, like, why are you – now that Allen's gotten that record, like, if you're Keenan Allen, if you're the Chargers' front office, why are you – Playing him. Brandon Staley needs to save his job. Right. A couple of uh, feel-good I wins. Yes, I, I, I don't think there's anything. I mean, <laughs> Staley can do to save his job, candidly. But um, I don't know. I just if I had Keenan Allen, I might be a little bit nervous. I'm not saying he's not playing. That Keenan Allen's not playing Thursday. I think he does play Thursday. But I'm just saying, like, as we get further down the, you know, like. Yeah, I wouldn't. Th- this be is this is a guy that's not 100 percent healthy. He's he's a wide receiver on the other age of 30. Like. 
A report could pop up any time that Keenan Allen's been, he's out for the season. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. And at that point, Josh Palmer's a wide receiver one on an NFL team. And that is where I was leading. Thank yeah. you, Jake Crouch. No worries, exactly. Matthew Barry. That's what Jake Browning does. It's exactly right. You're a competent backup. You also saw Wondell Robinson on that list at number seven. He's available in 91% of leagues. Really nice game on Monday Night Football against the Packers. Wondell, six catches, 79 yards. Also involved in the running game. We know what kind of gadget player he is. Two carries for 36 yards. And Jay... The most important thing is DeVito just looks comfortable going Wandale's way out of the slot. He certainly does. The first pass that we showed uh, down the left sideline, I'm not sure that was the right throw to make, but it got there in the end. The second one, that was absolutely the throw to make. It effectively won them the game. I don't really understand this Giants passing offense, and Jalen Hyatt is a monster. A week ago, last night, he's 2 for 13. But Wandale, maybe he's got the talent. He's coming off the ACL. He looks fully healthy, 100%. And Tommy DeVito, he showed a certain erased floor for what he can do for a passing offense last night. Um, look, I have long been obsessed with Wondell Robinson. I mean, like, and I've talked about him a lot. Like, again, he, they used a second-round pick on him. Joe Shane and Brian Dable used a second-round pick on Wondell Robinson. Like, a lot of these guys, Jalen Hyde, obviously, they drafted this year. But a lot of these guys, they sort of inherited, and they're trying to do it. But Wondell Robinson's somebody they went out and actually actively drafted. When they had Kadarius Toney, who was in some ways a similar player, on their roster. And obviously, they got rid of Kadarius Toney. I wonder why. Uh, but they like Wondell Robinson there in New York, and we've just sort of been waiting for this. We've been waiting for the breakup. I feel like breakout. I've been. Ta- I feel like I've been talking about him honestly, all se- off and on all season. I definitely didn't talk about him before last night. I'm not claiming that I did. Um, uh, you know, we were sort of like, ah, we'll see what happens here. But like, I guess my point is, is I don't think it's a fluke in the sense that I think the kid's talented, and I know they like him, and it felt like they're trying to feature him a little bit more. Over the last two games that we've seen Wando Robinson play, he's got a 27% target share. And maybe some of that is day ball, some of that's health, some of that's Tommy DeVito, but like Wando Robinson kind of becoming a thing here for a competent passing attack in New York. Yep, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Rams, Philadelphia. That's the close. None of those pass defenses are intimidating. Especially against the slot. Philadelphia especially, that's where you love to attack the Eagles. The final player there, Cedric Wilson, you see him. We'll talk more when we recap Monday Night Football. Obviously, a lot of his usage is dependent on the status of Tyree Kill going into the Jets game. Yeah, but when Tyree Kill, we'll talk about this more, but when, you know, when Hill went out, Wilson was clearly the guy that sort of went in to replace him. Last one there, so you go OBJ, for people that are just listening, OBJ, Josh Palmer, Josh Downs, Curtis Samuel, Zay Jones, Jonathan Mingo is his name-o. You should try that with your daughters. Do a little... Let's that no. Yeah, and M-I-N-G-O, 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 Mingo is his name-o. Okay, yeah, and I'll take that advice on board. his under-receiving prop is the game-o. Yes, yes, exactly. There you go. Come on! Yeah, that's why Connor's a starter. That is why over there. Uh, and then, uh, then of course, Wondell Robinson and Cedric Wilson. The one last thing I want to just mention here is Zay Jones, and not because uh, of, I mean, like we, we love Zay Jones. He's available in 71% uh, of leagues, but Zay Jones reminds me of Zay Flowers as we head to – we're going to quarterbacks, right? Yes, we are going to So Zay Jones reminds me of Zay Flowers, who plays for Baltimore, and Zay Jones actually plays against Baltimore this week. Well, big breaking news. Pete, you got to carve out 10 minutes for us. But, um, <laughs> Good luck, Pete. Uh, for this, uh, the Ravens are signing Malik Cunningham off the Patriots practice squad wow. and onto their roster. Stealthy. Quarterback controversy? Court, yeah, I mean, like, just, Lamar. you know, right, yeah. Is Lamar definitely the starter? Is he playing <laughs> for his job are, this people week? People are wondering. I'm not saying it. Some people are saying 
The mainstream media doesn't want you to know that Malik Cunningham was, uh, you know, uh, hasn't happened held back Cunningham. in New England. No. Felt like when it was you, going to. Now when you sign him from a practice squad to an active roster, he's going to be around for a couple of games. Yeah. That's the but that's a we- that is a weird one, right? Like, yeah. I wonder if they feel like... Different role. I don't think no. it's to be a quarterback. <laughs> is it not? I mean, I was going to say... That's my think, guess. Do you think it's like it's something with Huntley or is it like quarterback maybe. depth or like, you know, or maybe, yeah, maybe it is, you know, some sort Special of gadget role. And, yeah. get in a backup but they're role signing for, him to the roster, so... It feels big, like uh, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into quarterbacks, and um, we are not recommending you pick up Bailey Zappi, but it does feel like Bailey Zappi's earned some more uh, job security. Don't bring down his neck anymore. Well, I mean, he led the team to a victory last week. He certainly Nobly, did. Nobly Cunningham, Mac Jones has been benched. It's all coming up, Bailey Zappi. Welcome Zappi to the Zappi Hour. Here's the Zappi, Zappi Hour, of course. Let's jump into the quarterbacks here, and we start with Matthew Stafford. Of course, Matthew against the Commanders. He's available in forty three percent of leagues. We know the. The feast that is the commander's defense right now. Stafford coming off week against Baltimore where Jay throws for three touchdowns, 294 yards. Felt like he just kept answering the bell in this game as we've seen big moments from Stafford his entire career. I mean, he went blow for blow with Lamar Jackson playing at an MVP level in this game. And for much of it, Stafford was the better quarterback, I think. And he, the key, I think, is just the the connection that he reestablished with Cooper Cup. Like that touchdown pass, that's just like vintage 2021 Stafford to Cup. And I think just... Cup getting back to that level is just so key for Stafford because, I mean, Cup carried Stafford all through that 21 season. Now Puka Nakua's there. Offensive line is playing much better than expected. Like, all of a sudden, this offense is absolutely loaded. And Stafford could absolutely be a top-ten quarterback the rest of the way. Ten touchdown passes in the last three games. He's had three straight with 22 or more fantasy points. When we talk on Friday with Denny Carter about the regression files, Stafford was a guy that came up a couple of weeks ago saying, like, hey, there's no way he's throwing this few touchdown passes. His career touchdown rate is much higher than it has been. It's just going to regress to the positive. And that was a great call by Denny, and that has been uh, the case the last three weeks, and you couldn't ask for a better matchup than my very giving Washington Commanders. Get this. Since week four, every quarterback that's faced the Commanders other than one has thrown at least two touchdown passes. The last four quarterbacks to face Washington have all scored at least 19 fantasy points. Stafford's at home. Ron Rivera's calling the defense. (laughs) Playoffs on the line for the Rams. Playoffs on the line for the Rams. Nothing's on the line for the Commanders, except a better draft pick, Commanders. Right. You guys know what to do. Keep it close, but, like, let's not get crazy. Yep. Let's the, not win this game. The beauty is the one thing the Commanders can do is actually defend the run a little bit as well. So uh, this is going to be, I think, a passing attack. I think the Rams should be bigger than six-and-a-half-point favorites yeah. here, to be honest. Right. Listen, t- it was an up-and-down week for love-hate last week. I'm not going to lie. It was a, one of my rougher weeks. But Matthew Stafford will be on the love list this yes. week, just so you know. Just so you know, we're going back to it. We're going back to the well there. Some other quarterback waiver targets, and boy, did we have a long combo on our pre-show call about this. But we land on Joe Flacco, available in 93% of leagues. He's against the Bears defense that has uh, really come to life recently. Flacco's looked good. And then Jake Browning, who's a hot topic on this show at all times, against Brian Flores' Vikings defense, uh, available in 73% of leagues. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday as well, but Kem Stefanski coming out saying Joe Flacco is his guy for the rest of the year. You don't love the matchup with Chicago. Bears have played really good, but then he's at Houston, home to the Jets on Thursday night, at Cincinnati. So, right, two of the four, but yes, hashtag revenge game against the Jets. Um, He's played two games with the Browns. He's had at least 44 pass attempts in both. He's averaging over 18 fantasy points per game. And so, like, again, is it ideal? No. But if you just lost Justin Herbert and you're you're in a two-quarterback league, like, can you get a little wacko for Flacco? Yes, I I think you can. 
The like, good thing about Flacco too is that f- for all his sins, his sins are <laughs> fantasy friendly because yeah, yeah. he, uh, uh, to use a quote from myself yesterday, he just hoofs the ball downfield. Yeah, he, hoofs, he, does. he loves a good hoof, Joe yeah, Flacco. I'll try. Uh, he's and it's he's not alone friendly. in that. And also now, in, with the way Njoku is playing, and Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper back healthy, uh, they, like, they have weapons. They uh, do. And they seem to have confidence. I mean, throwing the ball on fourth and three for that touchdown pass, even though it was completely wide open, but still, they seem to have a certain level of confidence in Flacco to air it out. Yeah. As always, look at my rankings, look at everyone else's rankings on rotorworld.com uh, in terms of where we rank all these guys. So, you know, I'm not starting Joe Flacco over an established starter that got you to the playoffs, but you could be in a super flex league and desperate. Yeah. You know, you just lost uh, Herbert. So a psychotic league like ours. And yeah, yeah and Stafford's gone. Right. So, right. It yeah. gets tough real quick. How about tight ends over here? And we'll go back to the Ravens offense with Isaiah Likely against Jacksonville, available in 45% of the leagues. Sunday night football game for Isaiah Likely here on NBC and Peacock. Seven targets, five catches, 83 yards, and most importantly, Matthew, the touchdown in the game against the Rams early in this one. Yeah, I mean, this is just a beautiful play, and the fact that, like, this wasn't like a typical tight end touchdown where it's like three yards out and they, they fake it to the running back and he scrambles out and he just hits a you know tight end in the end zone. This is a long play. You look at it. Isaiah Likely is in motion, running across the field. They, just, they don't pick him up. He is wide open. It's busted coverage, but still... He's running down the field. Uh, Lamar Jackson hits him. He gets into the end zone. That's the athleticism yep. that Isaiah likely brings to this offense. Uh, 11 of the 13 targets that he's had over the last two games have come from the slot. They move him around. They get him in good matchups here. And over the last four weeks, the Jaguars, who he plays this week, have allowed the seventh most receptions to the slot. So Isaiah likely, who, you know, again, 45% available. He doesn't totally meet our threshold. We're saying 40% today, so he does. But if he's out there... He's the starting tight end with talent, with a very good quarterback and a good offense around him. And Jay, because of that 40% threshold, Darren Waller does make the cut at exactly 40% available, and he said he hopes to play week 15, so we might see the long-awaited Waller-DeVito connection yes. against the Saints. Then a tough year for Darren Waller. Just yeah. hasn't really it's happened after he, couple years. Yeah, after he came into the season as a consensus top five tight end, but with the way DeVito played. And I think just the manner in which DeVito does play, where uh, just with that offensive line, like he's looking to get it out quick, he's looking to take off. I think it should be a good uh, connection with Darren Waller. Yeah. He's, he, when he's seen eight targets this year, um, he's averaging over 17 fantasy points per game. And given the lack of weapons, all due respect, I would think Waller would go right back to being a focal point of the passing attack. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about Wondell Robinson having success with DeVito yeah. out of the slot. Well, Darren Waller is going to be the power slot. Yep. So, All right, let's look at some other tight end waiver targets here. We brought up Isaiah Likely and Darren Waller. How about Jarrett Everett, Chig Aconquo, Tucker Kraft, Tanner Hudson in the deeper cuts here, as well as uh, Tyler Higby and Davis Allen against the Commanders. There. We don't know which who's going to be the starting uh, tight end for the Rams. Higby was out last week. If he's back, I think he's interesting. But if not, Davis Allen seemed to have a little bit of a connection. Again, we really like Stafford in that matchup at home against uh, the Commanders. But going higher up on the list, especially, by the way, um, with Easton Stick under center and, again, not really having a lot of other weapons, Gerald Everett becomes pretty interesting against the Raiders. Chicken Conquo had a nice game last night. Feels it's finally starting to happen for a Conquo the way we thought it would at the beginning of the year. It's taken quite a while, but he's starting to become viable as well. And, you know, as long as Luke Musgrave is out, it's clear that Kraft is going to be a part of this Packers offense. We like ourselves some Tanner Hudson. I feel like the Bengals found something in him. Uh, and clearly, there's a connection between Hudson and Jake Browning. If you need a defense, we got some waiver targets to stream here. The Colts against Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers are available at 58%. 
The Chargers against the Raiders, 69% available. The Raiders against the Chargers. That's Easton Stick game, 92% available. The Bengals against the Vikings are 75% available. And finally, the Bears against the Browns. Joe Flacco, 95% available. And of course, if you wanted to pick someone up that we mentioned today, you probably have to make a tough decision with a droppable player. So we have Josh Dobbs on here, Damian Pierce, Khalil Herbert. Now that being Deontay Foreman's backfield, Jacoby Myers, Christian Kirk, and Jerry Judy. Yeah. By the way, also Justin Herbert, now that we have the news that he is officially out for the year. Or somehow. You can certainly uh, feel free to say goodbye to him and redraft leagues. We're going to take our first break. When we're back, we're recapping the two huge Monday night football upsets. Tommy DeVito madness has taken over the Northeast, fellas. Tommy Cutlets. We'll be back after this. It was a lot of pain, man. It was... It sucked. When it, when it actually happened, you know, I'm, I, I obviously been dealing with some ankle injuries this whole season. And, you know, when it happened, like my, my first reaction was like, man, my, my ankle gone. Then my, my adrenaline kicked in. I ran off the field. And then I sat for a while and got stiff. Like I was just going through a lot of pain. Man. So then I just made up in my mind. I came in at halftime. I texted my wife. I was like, bro, like, this shit hurt. Like, the ankle massage tonight. She was like, you better get your ass back in that game, dog. And I was like, all right. So I just made up my mind that it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. Tomorrow morning, tonight and tomorrow morning. That was Tyreek Hill after the Dolphins game on his ankle injury. Riveting stuff from Tyreek Hill, as always. Um, in all seriousness, Matthew, huge injury with fantasy implications. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, Came back really late. He was out for a long time. Obviously not fully effective. Wasn't on the field for the final drive of the game. And we talked about it in waivers. Cedric Wilson kind of becomes a little bit of a thing here if Tyreek Hill is down for any notable games going forward. Yeah, specific to that. I mean, Tua looked for him. Like, Cedric Wilson, I thought, made some nice catches. We've seen Cedric Wilson over the years, you know, have moments with the Cowboys and then hasn't done much since he came over to the Dolphins. Hasn't really had an opportunity here. But Berrios plays over. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, so, but... Feels like a little bit of a one-for-one if Tyreek, not that he's going to be Tyreek, but you do want a piece of that offense, at least on most days. The crazy part of here is that he was playing basically on one ankle. He missed the majority of this game, and he still finished four for 61. (laughs) I I mean, that's what's so stupid. Like, it's just like, he's just ridiculous Um, uh, as well. You know, look, we just have to remain uh, and wait and see, but I think... It was a weird thing, right? Because, like, he's clearly less than 100%, but he didn't get taped up. He didn't gra- get wrapped. You know, taped and then untaped. Right. Yeah. And then helmet off next to McDaniel. He's not out there at the start of the half. Right. He comes late into the half. And then right. he comes into the game he and makes some big some plays. He gets some texts from his wife. Yeah, apparently says, a lot of texting right, with the wife. Right. Motivated says, him to play. out there. Yeah. Right. There's a whole lot going on. I just don't understand what the hell the injury is. Like, right. how do you sprint off the field after you do it? How do you – he looks 100% when he's out there, but he didn't. He wasn't there to start the final drive, and then yeah. he comes in late. He's been dealing with this ankle thing on and off, as he says. Yes, he's he now, has. He's become – and I know you hate your basketball references, Matthew, but he's like Anthony Davis now, where it's like he goes to the locker room, he gets half hurt yeah. every single game, but he's always just kind of fine. But I don't know what this mechanic is. I don't understand the injury. I don't understand the usage. But – I mean, he was fine when he was out there, and so I guess that he's probably just going to be fine going forward, but short week, we'll see. Right, and by the way, they play the Jets. Right, now, yeah. norm, in a normal situation, it doesn't matter who he's playing because he's Tyreek Hill, and, yeah. but you know, if he's less than 100% and now he's got to face DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, like, 
that's not ideal. Now, again, we've seen them face before. Tyreek Hill was fine. Yeah. Um, I, but it's just not out of the woods yet, so we remain in hope and uh, hope he's okay. But this is one of those things that I – we were talking about this on the call before the, before the show, right, which is just basically like anything wouldn't shock me. If we got a notification, Tyreek Hill's fine, he's active, and he goes, you know, six for 102 touchdowns, wouldn't shock me. Or he, you know, he completely ruptured his ankle and he's done for the, like, nothing would surprise me that we learn in the next couple of days about Tyreek Hill here. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, you might think give him an extra week with the Jets, but, I mean, they could lose this game to the Jets. They're only eight and a half point favorites. The line's come down from 12 and a half before uh, the Dolphins lost. And then after that, the way the Dolphins, they finish their season, it's Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. If they lose this game, they are no lock to make the playoffs even. And then Tyreek Hill has the entire offseason to rest because he won't be doing anything in January. So yeah. they really need to win this game. Uh, and so I suspect if he is able to go, and the way he was talking about it, he's like, it's going to hurt tonight, it's going to hurt tomorrow. feels like this is just something that he's dealt with all season. So I would guess that he's probably going to go, but who knows because I don't know what this injury is. But certainly in a win and gets get in week in fantasy, you know, for many fantasy managers out there, week 14 was a, I need to win to get into the playoffs, and you've been riding Tyreek Hill all season long. Tough week for this to happen. Again, 4 for 61 isn't a bad day at the office, but it's not what you've been counting on from Tyreek Hill. And so the whole game offensively was kind of a disappointment, um, with the exception of Raheem Mostert, who was... Gets two touchdowns. All that, and uh, a bag of fantasy goodness, right? He's now had at least 20 touches in three of the past four. He leads the NFL with 18 touchdowns this season. He's the new Jamal Williams, except he's, like, a lot better and faster. Yeah. Um, But 18 touchdowns is just an unbelievable feat for Raheem Mostert. And we've still got four weeks to go. That's the crazy part. 18 touchdowns with four weeks to go for Raheem must start. Raheem the Dream, friend of the podcast, friend of the show. Uh, Hasn't been really involved in the passing attack, but he was the runner we wanted, not Devon Achan. To be fair, Achan was inches away from what would have been yes. like an 80-yard touchdown Correct. cross. That he was, he was right there. He beat his man. They just didn't hook up for it. So if he just catches that, it looks, it looks a lot different. He still find, ends the week as running back 24. Not what you hoped for, but certainly usable as well. 7 for 47. He also get, catches five balls for 24. They're using him more in the passing game as well. He's been targeted on, he was targeted on 41% of the routes he ran last night against the Titans. So, uh, you know, I... I think, look, Mostert and Achan are obviously must-starts every single week, and especially if Tyreek Hill is going to be out or miss any kind of time, you know, they'd lean on him even more. But, yeah, good day at the office for Raheem Mostert, who literally dragged people into fantasy playoffs and, and one league kept me out. On the Titans' side of things, huge upset for them, led by Will Levis, led by their backfield, and, of course, DeAndre Hopkins. Matthew, we'll start with the backfield. Derrick Henry... Kind of plows into the end zone twice, but I think it was Tajay Spears in the passing game that was the storyline of this backfield. Unbelievable. I, and it's super weird because, again, like, Tajay Spears was the better runner. Let's like, we'll talk about the passing in a second, but, like, you see it there. 17 for 29 uh, on the ground for Tajay Spears versus 17 for 34 on the ground for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry gets you the two rushing touchdowns, so he bails you out with that. But the truth is, is that, like, he just looks slow. You know, Derrick Henry did and wasn't able to get any separation. There's more wiggle, more burst to Tajay Spears. And one of the reasons why we like Tajay Spears, he was on my love list this week as uh, others receiving votes. We talked him up in the in the preview yesterday. Is It's like, look, 
They were doubled. Uh, they were 14-point underdogs, basically. Two touchdown underdogs in this game. We figured, like, they're going to be down. Tajay Spears is the passing down back. They'll be throwing a lot in catch-up mode. Now, ended up not happening until, the, like, the final four minutes. It happened. Um, <laughs> but that, that last drive, those basically two last drives made Tajay Spears' night uh, as well. So just... Uh, he's now had six targets in back-to-back games, an 18% target share in both games. Goes ultimately six for 89 on this uh, on this day, and they play Houston next week, which is not a scary matchup for Tajay Spears. Again, I think he's a viable flex with obviously massive RB1 upside if Henry were to miss any time. Yep. I think the other story is just Will Levis, DeAndre Hopkins. Will Levis, who'd never thrown for more than 262 yards in any of his first six starts, he goes for 327, and... Connor and I were texting about this, Matthew, the thread that you're not a part yeah, of. Uh, right. He, it's just the abandon that he has physically, the way he plays the game. I mean, it's kind of reckless and it's a little bit scary the way that he just runs into dudes like he's Josh Allen. But he has to be the highest variance quarterback play to play. He can do anything yes, on a given yeah. play. He can throw a pick six in his own end zone, can throw the ball behind uh, Derrick Henry, can also just hit lasers for 45 right. yards. Can, yeah, he's Jump over people, yeah, is, run through yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, by the way, I, I mean... Not that he's Josh Allen, but like he's a big dude. Yeah, yes. I mean, like he, he's a he. Like I, I interviewed him, and stood next to him, and I'm like, I was looking up. You know what I mean? Like again, I'm I'm six foot, two hundred pounds, and uh, one ninety eight. You know, I'm working on it. I'm getting there. Um, but uh, you know, like, but in the morning, I'm like one ninety eight. Yes. By the end of the day, after I've eaten, you know, a couple yeah, bags yeah. of popcorn, it's you know, I'm two bills. But you know. Will Levis had me pretty easily. Like uh, he's I, jacked. you know, yeah. he is—he's absolutely jacked. By the way, the pride of Madison, Connecticut, right here in our home state. So uh, I, I like—I'm a Will Levis fan. Like, and so I'm—I'm um, I'm thrilled for him. The other thing that's crazy about Will Levis is that again, like, um, he's so like he's so jacked and so powerful. Like, there were a couple of times where just because of the way the rush went, like he was throwing flat-footed. Like he can li- like he doesn't need to lean into throws. Like he can just like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, that's I'm, exactly I'm, what it looks like. I mean, no, <laughs> stop it. But my point is, is that no, oh, screw no, you, screw go you, Jay Connor. Yeah, Jay, I'm gonna. My point is, is that a normal quarterback yeah. steps into the throw and throws. Yeah. And my point is, is Will Levis is strong. There were there were throws last night where he was like this, and just like he's off platform. Oh, it's yeah. all. It's yeah. like it's it's, it's he's, like Josh Allen. It's it's all arm. Yeah. It's all arm and waist. There's no leg movement, and it was still zipping because yep. he's just he's literally got a laser for an arm. Yep. And Hopkins going 7 for 124 on the touchdown, the big beneficiary. He's, he's the only guy in that passing offense you want. The Monday Night Football doubleheader was headlined by the young quarterbacks, Will Levis with the upset against the Dolphins, and of course, North Jersey's very own. What a crazy own. comeback, though. Dude. What, just very curious. I know we're supposed to get a sorry back up. Poor Tommy DeVito. DeVito. I was getting no <laughs> no, we'll talk, believe me, we're going to talk plenty of Tommy DeVito. But um, what was the live line? I'm, I'm fascinated because I didn't look. What was the live line when the Dolphins were up 14? Right, or the yep. 14, 14 to 13? Was yeah. about 4.30 left. Yeah. Uh, so the live line was uh, nothing because it got turned off because the game was effectively right. over. And so the books just turned the money line off. I would say that the true odds there are about 200 to 1. When you're a 14-point favorite at home uh, and the team has kind of... They'd struggled on offense, really. It's Will Levis on the other side. Yeah, I would have said There's, 200 to 1. Right, yeah. at, with five minutes to yeah. go or whatever also, it was. they won in regulation. They didn't even need right. overtime. Uh, yeah. Crazy town. Yeah. All right. In a bit of a different game, the Giants upset the Packers at home, and it was really the Tommy DeVito. Oh, by the way, the Tajay Spears over hit. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you, you very go. much. There you a go. cutlet above. Nice. Post. That's just phenomenal. Let's go. Tommy DeVito. Uh, this is his family tailgating. They brought the chicken cutlets. It looks like they brought some meat the balls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really 
There's Tommy DeVito's agent. Oh, no. That's Sean Stiletto. And people that think this is like a – he dressed like this because the DeVito – no, Sean is dressed like this. This is him. It's authentic. It's real. It's awesome. Uh, so the Tommy DeVito craze. There's his agent, Sean Stiletto, with Tommy DeVito's family. Yeah. They're uh, kissing. The, the they're doing kissing, celebrations. Yeah. Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> Love just DeVito madness. That guy doesn't even know that. Yeah. Guy, and he's right? like, the sure. guy's just kissing <laughs> random man in the, in the stands. Yes. Oh, um, man. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. He's got his own celebration. Yeah. Yeah. whole thing. It's become a the, whole the thing. Tweets were, the tweets were wild. The tweets yeah. are, Kevin Clark had a great one. It said, every other sport is absolutely desperate to generate stars, and the NFL is like, the Giants have an Italian guy, and it's a national <laughs> story. I love this sport. I love this country. Yeah. yeah. Well done by Kevin Clark. Very good tweet. I like that. And, and then backup producer Pete. Wow. Running his own stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. Pete self-promotion. <laughs> but he tweets at Kevin, the average New York sports fan could pick Tommy DeVito out of a lineup but couldn't tell you what sport Connor McDavid plays. That is like, a hockey is very fan. True. That's very true. He's a basketball player. Uh, yes. Anyway, and if, that's the, uh, there's, uh, that's there's the Pete's Clippers. Twitter account if you'd like to follow at backup producer Pete. At yep. uh, Pete Damalatis. Um it's uh, it's it's a lot of Dexter. Uh, what it's a lot of like uh, Dexter Lawrence, Dexter chat. Lawrence stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's very niche. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, um, Christopher Moltisanti, he actually ran for seven yards of carry last night on the Packers <laughs> defense. Uh, He's building a giant Italian team. Atrocious. <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, big night for Saquon. Comes in as a top five running back with the two touchdowns. He survives the fumble. Wondell Robinson, we talked a lot about, and Matthew Jaden Reed has a nice night on the Green Bay side of things. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, on Green Bay side of things, look, uh, Dontavian Wicks gets hurt uh, late in this game. He goes out, and so that's disappointing. Jordan Love, I think, struggled this entire game as well. But it is nice to see they continue to find ways to get the ball in Jaden Reed's hand as well. He's, uh, he had nine rushing attempts over the past four games, including a rushing touchdown in two of those three games as well. Uh, Reed had, uh, you know, went eight for 27. <laughs> Whatever, like, you know, he's the only wide receiver with eight receptions and fewer than 30 yards, uh, you know, in a game this season. But still, uh, Jaden Reed, you know, kind of a top 20-ish guy. Better days ahead for Jordan Love. Hopefully they get Aaron Jones back next week. We'll be back. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. As we do every Tuesday with producer Pete, back to the futures, Jay. Back up, producer what's Pete. It, what's, in the, what's in the crystal ball? So in the crystal ball, Connor, is uh, the Los Angeles Rams over eight and a half I love it. at plus 135. They've got six wins now, so they need to win three out of their last four. Next three games, Commanders, Home Saints, at Giants. All right, that's done. That's three wins there. And even if they drop one of those, the last game is at San Francisco, which is going into the price. But San Francisco may have the one seed locked up by then and may not have anything to play for. So that's an extra win that could potentially be banked. I go. like it, Jay. I like them to make the playoffs for sure. I'm taking a page out of your playbook here. Same thing, but Ravens over 12 and a half wins. Same thing as you said, Jay. They need to win three of their last four. I think they beat Jacksonville this week. Sure, even if they lose to the Niners on Christmas, I think they're simply much better team than the Dolphins and the Steelers right now. I think the Ravens at 13 wins, plus 130. I like those odds. Matthew, what are you closing us out with here? Kevin Stefanski for Coach of the Year at 14-1. to He's won games with four different NFL quarterbacks. Their upcoming schedule, Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals, like they could easily go 3-1 and one in over that stretch, make the playoffs with four different quarterbacks, with Joe Flacco off of his bench, off of his couch, I should say. So Stefanski, who's 14-1, to one, 
I like him as a coach of the year candidate as my future bet. Like it. In a tough division, by the way. Yep, like they still win that division, too. They absolutely still could. Look, it's closing time, which means you don't have to go home, so you can't stay here. If you made the playoffs, congratulations. If you're still for here, you're Jay, nuts. For Jay, <laughs> for Connor, for Matthew, for Tommy Cutlets, and Penn State Blake. Peace out. <laughs>